You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Unfortunately, the Buffalo Bills fell to the Kansas City Chiefs 42-36 in overtime, and the season's over. A very heartbreaking end to the season for the Buffalo Bills after just an amazing football game. The Bills came up on the short end of it, and so we're going to talk through it here today. We'll start with things I liked from the game, then we'll get into things I didn't like, And then we'll close out the podcast by talking about what's next for the Buffalo Bills and what's next for this podcast. Starting with things I liked, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is what I liked, number one from this football game. He was special. He is special. After playing a perfect game last week against New England, he was sensational once again. Completed 27 of 37 passes, 329 yards, four touchdowns, added 68 rushing yards on 11 carries. The last two drives were just unreal. He put the Bills up 29 to 26 with 154 left in the game. And then he put them up 36 to 33 with 13 seconds left in the game. Josh Allen has completely validated his status as an elite NFL player. One of the best two or three players in the entire NFL. And he is everything to this organization. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender every year because of 17. Now, just like Brandon Bean said last year, the Bills aren't a Super Bowl team yet. But you know you have a chance because 17's a quarterback. We've dreamed of a quarterback like this, and he's locked up for the next seven seasons. So if anyone in the world was left out there doubting Josh Allen, there's nothing more to say. He's as special as it gets. He deserved to have a better fate in this football game. We'll move on from Josh Allen. How about Gabriel Davis, a historic Performance for Gabriel Davis, eight catches, 201 yards, four receiving touchdowns. Those four touchdowns are the most ever in NFL history by a single player in a playoff game. No one's ever done it. Four receiving touchdowns for Gabriel Davis. In a game where the Chiefs did a great job of taking Steph Diggs out of the game, Davis stepped up in the biggest imaginable way. And so, as the Bills enter the offseason with Emmanuel Sanders on an expiring contract, and obviously a decision to make with Cole Beasley as it relates to the opportunities to save money with his contract, you have to feel really good about what you have here in Gabriel Davis and how he's closed out this season. An amazing day for him. All the touchdown passes went to Gabriel Davis. I'll also shout out Cole Beasley, who had six catches for 60 yards. 
you know, the receiving production in this game looked a lot different than I probably thought it would. Stefan Diggs, not a big factor at all, but Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley really stepped up. I like the offense in general. 36 points, 422 yards, perfect in the red zone, four of four on fourth downs, in some unreal clutch moments, including taking the lead twice in the final two minutes of the game, at least in regulation. And then let's not forget the 75-yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis, one play after the Bills went down 24-13 with two minutes left in the third quarter. I'm sure you panicked just like I did when that happened. 24-13, you're down two scores to this team. You've got like 30% of the game remaining. Josh Allen hooks up with Gabriel Davis for a 75-yard strike. In general, you just can't be disappointed with the offensive output, especially what Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis, and Cole Beasley were able to get done. A couple of quick hitters that I'll give you. Ed Oliver, I thought, defensively played well. Had a sack, two tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. You could feel his impact. And then we'll shout out Tyler Bass, 4 of 4 on extra points. But the last thing that I want to say in things I liked is that I like this team. The Buffalo Bills are in really good shape. There are some decisions to make with a few expiring contracts, but this team has completely validated their status as one of the elite teams in the NFL. They know what they have to do. You have to get past Kansas City in the playoffs. And there's no doubt about it that they've closed that gap when you compare the two games they played this year against the two from last year. You know what you have to do. The makeup of this team is really good. And you've got Josh Allen at quarterback. You're going to have a chance. You know what your Everest is. It's the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. And I like the makeup of this team. I like the trajectory of this team. They're really close. They were 13 seconds away from hosting the AFC Championship game next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. They're really, really close. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, Make sure that Built Bar is in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier for you to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, and it's okay to eat it because it's healthy. And here's the deal. When you're trying to eat healthy, you're usually thinking to yourself, where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And here's the deal. They've also got a lot of great flavors. You can choose from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And I do have an offer for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's move on to things I didn't like from this football game. And in a game in general that we knew 
was going to be all about Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, I want to highlight three game-deciding sequences that had nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. And it disappoints me heavily. The first one came in the second quarter. It's a 7-7 ball game with 10 minutes and 31 seconds left in the second quarter. After a rare great punt from Matt Hawk that pinned the Chiefs back to their own one-yard line, the Bills forced a three and out and took possession of the ball at the Buffalo 43. What happened from there? Three straight Devin Singletary runs and the Bills punt on a fourth and four from the 49-yard line. You had great field position, and Josh Allen didn't have a single play where he ran it or threw it. The Bills punt. Kansas City goes 12 plays, 86 yards, scores a touchdown, and they're now up 14-7. Took possession at your own 43-yard line, Three straight Devin Singletary handoffs. Josh Allen doesn't run it or throw it, and you punt. You decided to make it Devin Singletary versus Patrick Mahomes. The second sequence that I want to highlight was the Bills' first possession of the second half. The Bills force a field goal on the Chiefs' opening possession of the half, where they possess the ball for eight minutes. It's now 17 to 14. And the Bills go three and out. First down is a dump down to Reggie Gilliam for seven yards. Second and three is a one-yard run to Devin Singletary. Third and two was a handoff to Isaiah McKenzie where he lost two yards. Another sequence where the ball is taken out of Josh Allen's hands, where your defense actually had a couple of good possessions in a row, and it results in bad complimentary football, this time because of the offense. And Brian Dable, you didn't let Josh Allen run it or throw it when you had it down to a second and three. If Brian Dable becomes a head coach somewhere, reflecting on those two sequences will weigh heavily on my mind. And then, of course, the last sequence that we have to talk about was the final 13 seconds of regulation. Critical errors were made by the coaching staff. You guys know what happened. But there were critical errors by this coaching staff in that sequence. First of all, you have to kick the ball short and force a return. If you do that, two very good things could happen. One, the Chiefs return it and take time off the clock reasonably at least five seconds, and all of a sudden it's only eight seconds left in the game when Patrick Mahomes takes possession of the football, needing only a field goal, and he has all three timeouts. The second thing that could happen is that they down the ball to preserve clock and have a lot further to go to get into field goal range. Instead, Kansas City gets the ball with 13 seconds at the 25, with three timeouts left with one of the best kickers in the NFL and one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL at their disposal with an elite quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. 
So you squandered a major opportunity to either milk clock or force them to go further to get into field goal range. The second critical error by the coaching staff was just how easy they made it for Kansas City to get into field goal range. Buffalo conceded those completions. With three timeouts, Kansas City had access to the entire field. The Bills coaching staff completely let them down in those last 13 seconds. They failed the team. They did nothing to jam the receivers. They did nothing to force the throws to come out quicker. And they were protecting the sidelines and conceding the middle of the field when Kansas City had three timeouts. And this isn't hindsight analysis. This was the obvious thing to do at the moment. The coaching staff completely failed this team in the last 13 seconds of this football game. Now, this doesn't mean fire everyone or Sean McDermott isn't the guy. But in highlighting the things I didn't like from this game, it's two egregious sequences from Brian Dayball and a colossal failure at the end of the game from Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. Absolutely embarrassing stuff from three coaches that I expect a whole lot more from. You failed your team. You failed your team. A couple other things that I didn't like from this game. The rushing offense, it was poor. Devin Singletary, 10 rushes for 26 yards. I think the Bills thought they would be able to run it better than they did. I certainly did. But they really couldn't. And I'm not sure that it really cost them. Because Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley and the Bills passing offense was able to rise to the occasion and put this team ahead twice inside of two minutes. Didn't really cost them, but I thought that the Bills would be able to rely a little bit more on that rushing attack. And they couldn't. And then, of course, I didn't like the defense in general. I know it's a tough assignment, right? The Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, good offensive line, great play caller. I mean, this is a tough football team to defend. But you came in here with the number one defense in the NFL in every category. And you gave up 42 points, 30 first downs, 552 total yards, 7.6 yards per play, and Kansas City had the ball for over 36 minutes of time of possession. They only had two drives in the game where they didn't score. You couldn't make one impact defensive play all night. Whether that was forcing a fumble, a turnover, interception, getting a big-time negative play in a critical situation, you couldn't do it. And Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey killed you again. 19 catches, 246 yards, and two touchdowns from those two guys. Their ancillary weapons didn't do much. Those guys killed you. And I know it's a tough assignment. I've said that. It's even tougher when you don't have Trey White. But it's completely reasonable to expect more from the Bills' defense in this game. Number one in the NFL. 
The Chiefs were able to do whatever they wanted. You had no answer for them. And it's not like the Chiefs had answers for the Bills. But that's why I didn't lead with this. I led with those three sequences that I put right back on this coaching staff. Did not give their football team the best opportunity to win this game. And you hate that. You hate that for the players more than anything. Because Josh Allen played winning football in a big moment. Coaching staff let him down. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Now, listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, let's close out today's podcast by talking about what's next. What's next for the Bills? What's next for Locked On Bills? Well, what's next for the Bills is the offseason. Just a few quick high-level notes on the offseason. When it comes to the 2022 NFL Draft, the Bills hold the 25th pick in the first round. SpotRack projects the Bills to have right at about $11 million in available cap space. When it comes to expiring contracts, the Bills will have to deal with Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Vernon Butler, Emmanuel Sanders, Mitchell Trubisky, Ike Bucker, Levi Wallace, F.A. Obata, Isaiah McKenzie, Matt Breida, Harrison Phillips, Justin Zimmer, Saran Neal, and then Ryan Bates is a restricted free agent and Tyrell Dotson is an exclusive rights free agent. So maybe there's no major names there, but there are some pretty critical players here when you consider the amount of starters and key role players, including your backup quarterback and you know Levi Wallace, Harrison Phillips, those two defensive ends, Emmanuel Sanders, there are players that the Bills are going to have to make some choices on here. Now, there's also some players that the Bills will have the opportunity to look at their contract and maybe cut them, restructure them, extend them, all those types of things. You certainly have Stefan Diggs and his contract situation. That's always interesting. I think that's an opportunity for Buffalo. Cole Beasley, Daryl Williams, Mitch Morse. So there's a lot of things that are going to go down here this offseason when it comes to expiring contracts and maybe even some existing contracts that are big decisions for Brandon Bean. And so from the perspective of the draft, expiring contracts, cap space, that's kind of the high-level stuff that the Bills will have to deal with. Now, as for this podcast, it continues Monday through Friday, all the way through the offseason. And I love the offseason 
almost as much as I do the regular season. So I hope you will continue this journey with me throughout the entire offseason. And we will, of course, work through all of the significant landmarks in the NFL calendar and talk through all the meaningful offseason events like the Combine, Free Agency, NFL Draft, OTAs and Training Camp. But there will also be some creative concepts, some theme shows, some collaborations. There will be segments and episodes that will take us back through some notable happenings in franchise history. You know, last year we did the the Rex Ryan roundtable, and so you can expect things like that to once again pop up at various times this offseason. And so I just hope that you will continue to make Lockdown Bills part of your daily routine throughout the offseason. And you guys know that I love talking roster construction and team building, and that will definitely happen throughout the course of this offseason to get us ready for the 2022 season. So as for this week, the schedule is going to depend on when we hear from Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean for their year-end press conferences. Those are always very candid, and it gives us a lot to reflect on. So I'll definitely do a reactionary podcast to the things they say. We'll get to herd mentality this week, um, probably tomorrow. We'll do it twice if we need to. Last year we did because you guys had a lot of questions coming out of that loss to Kansas City last year, and I'm sure that'll be the case as well this time around. And so I'll do my best to uh, get to those and give you some good, honest answers as we reflect on this team, right? This entire season and especially what we saw against Kansas City in the playoffs. And then we're also going to start our performance review series where we go position by position to examine this roster and evaluate every aspect of the operation. We'll put every player through the microscope. We'll talk about what they are to this team, what their value is to this team, and what their forecast is in terms of their role moving forward. And it's such an important part of what we do because it's the foundational conversation for everything that we're going to talk about in the coming months. So don't miss any of that. Just like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are going to evaluate every aspect of that roster, we're going to do it here too. And through that, I'll give my recommendations on contracts and areas to upgrade and what the key needs are or where the bills are in good shape. And so We're going to break this football team down from every angle and position ourselves well to navigate through this offseason together. So I hope you will join me for the journey. It's been an absolute blast once again getting a chance to host this podcast. And I'm so thankful for all the great support that I have out there from you. And I hope that will continue through this offseason. So make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Get those herd mentality questions in. You can do so either via Twitter DM at the Joe Marino or send me an email, Joe at thedraftnetwork.com. I know this is a heartbreaker, but only one team gets to end their season happy. I say this a lot. 31 teams end their season in disappointment. But this was not a disappointing season for the Buffalo Bills because they have validated who they are as a franchise and they will continue to be a Super Bowl contender. Now, there's still work to do. They're not a Super Bowl team yet, but they're close. And I look forward to working through this offseason with you 
to talk about what they need to do to close that gap and this time don't come up on the short side when it comes to that inevitable playoff matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs next season. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today. Enjoy your Monday the best you can, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.